So there I was, surrounded by mostly empty chests around me, my own tiny secret skipping lair, or whatever you want to call it, with Melia, Miralda and Frank selling chocolates on the square market while proclaiming the chocolate production as the first official royal issue supplier. A stack of chests shouldn't be too suspicious, right? Anyways, from my hiding spot, I had a perfect view on a platform where those Nosbex rapers would gut but tut. I only had to wait a little bit. When... This is Nidak, my adventure, written down in a better way than I can tell it. Episode 53 Save one, endanger the other. In the middle of the square market, the large wooden structure towered over the crowd. At each corner, the triangle-shaped platform had a post with a thick cord pointing towards the five other posts in the middle. From where she stood, Nadek could see something different to those middle ones, but she stood too far away to distinguish what it was. She stroked her moustache, welcoming the same disguise she'd worn only a few days before. It had already been too risky to walk around as herself, and it would become more than dangerous once Patat was freed. She almost regretted the line of the prophecy saying she'd be walking amongst the people two days before coronation, three days from now. This is perfect. I'm going in now. I think they'll come out with Patat soon. Nidak touched one of the chests they... Nadek, Melia, Miralda and Farang had stacked in a precise way behind a table with chocolates on display. Three wooden planks hung against the construction of chests, with words painted on for passers-by to read. The first official royal supplier to the true Richaud family. Buy your special coronation chocolates now! Farang had decided to fully embrace the danger of being exposed to working with her. It was genius. By being in the open of his ties to Nedek, it diminished the chances of an accident happening to the chocolate production. Even more, it strengthened his position. By putting up a stall on the square market, he announced to everyone passing by he supported the real heir. He may have been the first one to openly admit to it, and that, in turn, gave many people the confidence to come up to the stall and admit their excitement of what was to come. Not in the least, it provided Nedak with the opportunity to have a sheltered area to perform her skipping movements without drawing attention. She nodded to her companions and slipped in the tiny, open-ceilinged chamber made out of chests. The opening she'd crawled through was quickly shut by Melia pushing a chest in it. The chests weren't stacked high, they barely came above her head, and although it wasn't narrow, they'd measured it out precisely so she could have enough space to bend through her knees and open them. At that eye level, a slitted opening had been kept in the chests, giving her a clear view of the platform. Despite that, she felt blind, 
She couldn't see anything beyond the middle of the platform. She counted on the others to tell her of anything important. They occasionally moved in front of her view, but they clearly knew to avoid standing there. Nidak straightened, giving her legs a rest. The exertion from the days before had left her with a painful and almost impossible to get out of bed soreness. She'd stretched all morning and had tried to walk it out somewhat. It had worked, but she still dreaded what was to come. She felt grateful for the trousers she could wear as part of her disguise. Doing the skipping in a dress, as she'd done the days before, added to getting more exhausted. She heard her companions talking to the people interested in the chocolates. Somehow Farang had been able to make a completely new design since the day before. When Nidak remarked on the impossibility of it, Farang admitted it to have been a design Kradek and Steetum had wanted to implement a while ago, but eventually decided against it. They'd wanted the chocolates in the form of a crown, to secretly honor their own connection to the crown, while pretending to celebrate Whiny. They'd gotten far enough in the process to have the molds ready, and even made a bunch of test batches. In the end, they abandoned the idea because it irked them too much to be seen to support the false ruler. Oh dear, would you look at this? A woman's voice spoke. Have you ever seen something so cute? Do you mind if I have a closer look? A mumbled reply came from what Nidak thought was Melia. Oh, I can have a free taste. How brilliant! This truly looks like the wooden water crown. A moment of silence was followed by the same voice, disformed by an obvious chocolate mouth. Superb! Truly superb! Kubis saw family royal suppliers! Well, well, does it mean we can finally come in the open again? Oh, hush, dear. I am not proclaiming it out loud quite yet. Neda couldn't understand anything of what the man, possibly the woman's husband, replied. The woman lowered her voice. Neda strained to hear what she said. I presume you know Princess Nadek personally, then? I have met her myself a couple of days ago at a... Never mind where it was. I had expected to meet her again since then, but she seemed to have sent no word. Nadek's heart thudded a few sharp beats. This woman obviously belonged to the Thrude Companions. Is Melia going too? Before Nadek could finish her thought... Melia spoke louder and more clear than before, making sure Neda could hear her. Are you from the Truth Companions? Ah, yes, Mistress Isho expected, hoped, this doll would attract at least one of the members. I have a message. Mistress Isho wants you to know she has not forgotten about you. She compliments you all on the excellent distribution of the prophecy and she apologizes for seeming to have forgotten about you. She has not. However, she has had reason not to get in touch. You will have to trust her. 
She knows how to contact the Lady Oilope, and she will when it is needed. So for now, continue with all that has been discussed previously. Little as it actually was, it does make a difference. Mistress Isho is very pleased and happy with you all. Oh! the woman exclaimed. This was more than I hoped to receive. Thank you. How much is it for a small box of these? I will take it. Thank you. Nilak stopped listening. A change in the overall ambience of the crowd perked her up. Trumpets shouted out all of a sudden, and the whole market appeared to fall silent, while the brass echoes faded away. Patat coming! Blackie sing-songed in her mind. She probably perched on top of her favorite spot, the highest tower. A completely different tune sounded, this time not only trumpets, but what sounded like a complete orchestra. The song they played struck a chord in Nedak's soul, carrying a sad and haunted melody across the market. Coincidentally, it had been one of the things she discussed with Riyata Oilope. Someone in the Truth Companions was a big influence into the royal musicians, and Nedak had loved the suggestion of affecting everyone's emotions with music. They had hoped it would make people sad about what was about to happen. She hadn't thought of the effect it would have on herself. Her hand swiped across her eyes as she bent down to look through her slit. Nothing to see on the platform yet. She straightened again with a muted groan. At least her ankle didn't hurt any longer. The music changed to even more ominous which she felt in the deepest of her being. She looked through the slit again and saw people on the platform. Someone dragging chains behind him appeared in Nedak's view, followed closely by another one carrying Patat above his head on some kind of metal shape. Patat's long arms stretched out in front of him by the first man. A third man walked behind, stretching Patat's legs out, also by manacles attached to chains. They walked around on the platform, they walked around on the platform, giving everyone a good view of the Gorwak. The view of her friend, humiliated and obviously in pain, combined with the sad music, gave Nadak's tears more free reign. A fourth person, a woman, held a bunch of chains. Those were attached to the five tips of Patat's tail. Nedek didn't understand how they didn't slide off. The procession moved to the center of the platform. The tail chains were attached to the five middle posts, the two leg chains to one of the corner posts, and the chains connecting to the manacles on his arms each went to the other two pole chains, spreading his arms out. The woman cranked a pulley, which made the tail chains lift up in the air, it lifted Patat up, face down. They kept lifting him until he hung about chest high. It, unfortunately, gave Nedak a better view of the metal shape used by the second man to carry Patat. Oval-shaped, it perfectly circled Patat's tummy. It had been clenched tight against his skin by straps around his back. Nedak gritted her teeth. 
Get ready, she sent to Blackie. Fly in! Nedak didn't need to hear Blackie's reply. She could feel Blackie moving. She'd added a tracker to Blackie's back. As Yodek's journal had scribed, eventually she'd be able to find the target everywhere and be able to know their presence and place in time and space all over, as long as the target is locked. Thank balls for the journal, she thought, not for the first time. Nedek put her hands on her knees, moved her knees outwards, and brought them back in. They slapped back outwards, but her hands hadn't crossed to follow the opposite knees they had held before, as she should have. She faltered at the sight of Whiny suddenly holding Patat's head. Nedak frowned, confused as to what was going on. Was he supporting Patat's head while he hung there? A small mercy before gutting him? Neda cursed. He had to let go. As long as he held Patat, Nedak wouldn't be able to skip only Patat. Despite the progress she'd just complimented herself on, when people touched, they still felt like one. Yodak had given his own explanation in his journal. He thought it had to do with the same reason why skipping someone along at first needed to happen by touching them. Nidak shook her head. No time to dwell on that. A large, thick man, dressed in all black, held out a wickedly sharp-looking knife. He held it up for all to see, walking around the platform. From somewhere else, a female voice sounded. Nedek couldn't see the owner of the voice. Welcome, everyone. Nedek had heard that voice before, in a way. The special breath pattern. She'd heard the voice through Blackie, Yodak's companion in the cave. How wonderful to have you all here to witness the last Gora gutting. The final prediction of the god will be a special one, and we are pleased you could be here to see it. Lord Patron holds the Korvax head, so the gods will project the truth about his future foremost. And we all know Lord Patron's future is Paralelo's future. She'd let her tone grow louder and more excited and waited expectantly for cheers and shouts, which never came. A warmth spread in Nedek's chest, and she dared hope she was the reason for the silence. The woman continued, sounding slightly petulant. Well, let's do some predicting. Whiny wasn't letting go of Patat. Nedek's breath came quicker and sweat formed on her forehead. If she skipped Patat, Whiny would skip along and most likely appear next to Blackie's back. Blackie, Nedek said, I'm, I'm doing it, but please, Whiny, he might, please don't let him die. Blackie didn't understand what she meant, but confirmed anyway. The huge black-lad man approached Patat. Nidak performed the knees and hands maneuver perfectly, her thumbs pointing towards each other. 
The man held out a knife underneath Patot's belly, waited a dramatic moment, and stabbed. He stabbed at air. The metal oval smashed the knife out of his hand as it tumbled down the wooden floor of the platform. A chorus of gasps rose from the square. What's happening? Ninak begged loudly, shoving the chest to open up her exit. Meralda replied. The Gorak is safely on the dragon, but Lord Pedrin is falling through the air. Oh, no, he's going to... Ow! Where is she? A male voice demanded. Nidak stopped pushing the chest as she heard a clanging of weapons and an obvious skirmish. Don't resist, we know you have had dealings with a person claiming to be the true heir. You are stupid enough to proclaim it out loud. By degree of Lord Pedro and Oe, Lobe de Nozali, ruler of Paralalo, master of the squares, defender of the triangles, chief of all lines, bearer of the wooden water crown, we hereby arrest you on treason. Other voices yelled. Voices Nidak didn't recognize, protesting shouts all around her. Flee, mistress! Nidak didn't hesitate to follow Mila's advice. The chest she'd been pushing disappeared outwards, pulled out by someone. Nidak skipped. You have been listening to Nidak, Chapter 53, Save One, Endanger the Other. Narrated, adventured, and lived through by myself. Nadek, written in a better way than I can tell it, by Astrid Jeff. Don't go just yet. We've got bloopers coming up. Find us on Twitter at Astrid Jeff and at Nadek and Kitty. She almost regretted the line of the profitable. By being in the open of his ties to Nadek, it diminished the chance to... By being in the open of his ties to Nadek, it diminished the chances of an Ah, fuck, typo. Not in the least. It provided Nadek with the opportunity to have a selfish What the fuck? At that eye level, a slitted opening had been clipped Bloody hell. Doing the skipping in a dress. Ash, she... Uh, when Nadek... Super! That sounds silly, doesn't it? Well, it is a silly woman. Nedek's heart. Well, no. Melia spoke louder. Fucking typos. Are you from the tooth? She compliments you on all. She compliments you on all. The all uh, shouted all. Uh, also by manacles attached to the. Fuck. A fourth person. A person? A woman held a bunch of chain. A bunch of ch Bloody hell. Wait, what's going on here? She'd added a tracker to Becky's bl Blacky. Not Becky. Blacky. It's hot in my tent. Yeah, fuck. Eventually, she'd been able to. She'd be able. What the fuck is going on? Sentence is right. It's just my tongue that isn't. There's an airplane. I will wait for the airplane to. to. Hello. Who's here? Two people. Hello, Patrick. <laughs> oh, 
Why is it so loud? And we are pleased to you. What the fuck? Alright. As it tumbled down the wooden floor of this platform. I don't know what Meralda's voice is. Boop, 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 boop. And done. Thank you and see you next time.